Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. to the side so that your will could be done here. God, break any plans, anything, any structure that we may have put into place. And we pray, God, that you would, in freedom, move to change, transform, renew, bless, restore every single person that's in this place. And we trust that you will do so. And we give you praise and faith knowing that you're going to do so. Come on, put your hands together. If you believe that God's going to do something amazing in your life, show it by giving the best clap offering that you've ever given. Come on. Come on. Let me hear it all the way up here. Let's go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It would be so sad if we'd be serving a God that's dead, a God that's mute, a God that's just made out of stone or made out of, but we serve a living God. How many say Amen. Tell two or three people around you, thank God we serve a living God. You guys may be seated. It's good to be in the house of God. I believe that it's going to be a good night. How many are believing that? Carly and I just finished coming from a marriage retreat. We had an amazing time. God ministered to so many of us. I want to talk to you today about the secret to contentment. I want to ask you something, and I want you to ask yourself and be sincere with yourself. You know, where do you stand with respect to joy? Sometimes we go through life and we fall into the trap of thinking that if we don't have certain things or if we don't have certain people in our lives, then we, we're, we're going to end up being miserable or unhappy. And that's so not the case. Joy and contentment has nothing to do with what we have. Many people today seem to be chasing after things thinking that 
those things will make them happier and more content. I mean, of course, if we have more money, we'd be happier, right? But I don't need extra money to be content. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about. I've heard a lot of people say a lot of things. I've heard people say, man, if I won the Powerball, then I'd be happy. If she was my girl, man, I'd be content. If I didn't have to put up with my boss, then, you know, I'd be a lot happier. If I just had that house, if I just had that car, if I just had this or that, then all my problems will disappear. Well, today we're going to learn what the Bible says in regards to our state of contentment and discover that we can be happy even if we're missing a lot of the stuff that we desire or that we need. And I want you to go to the Bible with me. We're going to see what God has to say about this. In the book of Philippians, if you could put it on the screen. For some reason, I think I deleted it. Oh, here it is. Philippians 4.11. There we go. It says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I want you to pay attention to this verse. This is Apostle Paul saying this. And as you guys know, Apostle Paul went through hell and beyond. He went through a lot of things as he worked in the ministry. God used this man to do many and great things. But he's saying here that he learned. Everybody say he learned. You see, the state of contentment is something that you have to learn. It's something that you have to acquire, right? The skill to do it. It's something that is learned. So who teaches us? If, if something's learned, somebody has to teach us. And obviously it's God. God teaches us and through our relationship with him, you see, when you know who God is and when you know that he has all the resources that you could ever want, and like we spoke last week, he has all your blessings already in that warehouse in heaven prepared since before the foundation of the world, you can walk in peace and content even if you're in need today because you know that that's not the end of the story. You know that God has everything you could ever need. So everybody say contentment is something that is learned. In the original, that word contentment is described as a country or nation that needs no imports. Think about that. Contentment, if you take it to the original Greek, it symbolizes a country or a nation that needs no imports. If you don't need to import anything into your country, that's because you're self-sufficient. You have everything you need. And that's the whole concept of contentment. You know that I have God, and if I have God in my life, I have everything I could ever need. I never will be lacking anything. And if ever I need something, I could just call on Dad, call on the Father, and I know that He has my back, and He will provide all the things that I need according to His riches and glory. So I want to talk to you about three things really quick. I'm not going to be long today. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is about contentment, in where I am. Everybody say contentment as to where I am. Maybe where you are today doesn't thrill you. Maybe you're not so happy about where you are today and, and you have dreams about being somewhere else tomorrow or reaching other levels, but you have to be content where you are today. Enjoy where God has put you because it's not the end of the game. Acts chapter 16 verse 25. We see a story here of people not in the place that they would want to be, but we see that they're content about where they are. And it's about Paul and Silas. Verse 25 says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns 
and the prisoners were listening to them. Well, if you just read that verse, you, you don't get the whole picture. But for those that know about the story, you guys know that Paul and Silas were spoken to by God. And God told them, look, don't go over here. Don't go over there. I want you to go to this specific place. And when they obeyed God, sometimes we think that when we obey God, everything is just going to flourish in front of us. And that we're never going to go through situations that we don't understand. But the Bible says that they obeyed God and they went to the place where God told them to go. And you know what they did for preaching the gospel? They beat them. They whipped them. They threw them into jail, into the deepest pit. They locked them up. And at midnight, locked up, bloody, from having obeyed God, they were singing songs to God. I mean, that's a classic case of not being where you want to be, but being content and trusting God. And the Bible says that at midnight, they were singing songs. They were worshiping God, just like we were worshiping right now. I don't know if they were singing the same song, but they were worshiping God with everything they had. And because they had that attitude, because they were content, despite the situations, the Bible says that their worship got up to the throne of God. And God sent an angel down, which shook the entire jail, and all the jail cells were open. You guys know the story. So where I am today may not be where I would like to be, but God is telling you, be content where you are today. If you lack contentment, And if your contentment and your happiness is always contingent upon certain things or getting to certain places, you're going to go throughout life and most of it, 80% of your life, you're going to be miserable. Sometimes your contentment in a season that you don't understand, it's what's going to get you to the next season. And if you're not content and if you're not grateful to God in the season where you are right now, you could be standing and you could be the, the, the barrier that's keeping God from taking you to the season where God wants to take you. So we have to be content where we are. And in the process, in the process, focus on your spiritual state. Because once God promotes you, he will use you to pull others from where you once were. We were reading about Paul of Tarsus. And you guys know the story of Saul before he was Paul. And Saul was a, a killer of Christians. He would murder Christians. He would pull them out of their houses, lock, lock them up in jail, and do so many crazy things. When he came to know God, when he had an encounter with God, he used his prior life to be able to witness to all these terrorists. If he would have been somebody that grew up in church, he never would have had that opportunity. But now, because he had this past life, and, and he was a murderer, and now he came to Christ, and God had an encounter with him, now he could use what he used to be to be able to minister to people that were similar to what he was. So we need to focus on our spiritual state. Why am I where I am today? There's a purpose. There's a purpose. And we need to ask God why it is. Another thing, when we're not comfortable where we are today, we tend to move without consulting with God. We change churches, we go from church to church, or we, change from, we go from job to job, from school to school. We need to focus on the positive aspect of where we are now. That's exactly what Paul and Silas did. Look, we don't want to be in this jail cell. We'd rather be unbloodied than bloodied. We'd rather be unwhipped than whipped. But you know what? To God be the glory. 
I'm content here. God told us that we needed to come here. So this is all part of God's plan. So God must be up to something. And indeed, if you continue reading on, you realize that God was up to something. God set them free from the jail. So maybe, maybe you're not in a physical jail, but maybe you feel in the place where you are right now, it is like a jail because you have bigger dreams. You want to get out of the situation. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's an illness. And, and you're like, why am I in this place? Well, God has a purpose for that state, but that's not the end of the story. God wants you to trust him in the midst of where you are today and to believe and have faith that he has bigger things for you. Come on, touch two or three people around you and tell them God is taking you places. But we have to be content with where we are today. The story is told about a pilot who always looked down intently on a certain valley in the Appalachian Mountains when the plane passed overhead. One day, his co-pilot asked him, what's so interesting about that spot? And the pilot replied, you see that stream? Well, when I was a kid, I used to sit down there on a log and fish. Every time an airplane will fly over, I would look up and I wish I was flying. Now I look down and I wish I was fishing. So it's always tempting to think that other people have it better than us or that on the other side would be a lot better and that if we just had a little bit more, everything would be fine. But contentment cannot be achieved by increasing possessions. Nothing will ever be enough. I want to talk to you also today about being content with what you do. Let's be honest here. How many of you guys here probably aren't content with the job that you have? Anybody want a better job? Yeah? Okay. Now, in order to leave and Pave the way for God to take you to something better. Man, be faithful where you are now. Just because you don't like the place doesn't mean you don't have to give everything you got to be excellent where you are. When we were dating with Carly, we would go to a particular, I'm not going to say the name of the store, but we would go. And every time we would order, we would get home super hungry. And they would always mess up the order. Always. It was always. You remember? They either didn't give us sauce or they didn't give us the cheese that we asked or... It was that long, right, that we haven't had fast food. <laughs> so I remember, and I'm like, man, these incompetent people, pray for me. You know, God's still working in my life. But I'm like, these people, every time I come here, every Sunday night, I get out of church, I'm super tired, and I go and I order, and they always get the order wrong. And I get home, and on the other hand, I love the other extreme because I've had other people when I go through a fast food restaurant and I go through the drive-thru, people that they just attend you and they're so on point and they're, they're excellent. They give you a smile. They even send, say an encouraging word. I mean, read you a, a scripture and everything. I mean, they just, you get out of there and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know? And, and you're like, oh my gosh, these people are so amazing, right? And the first thing that comes to my mind is like, these people aren't going to stay long. Somebody's going to see them. They're going to hire them. They're not there for a long time. Why? Because when you're excellent, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you don't like the boss, where you're working, where you are right now. If you're excellent in what you do, promotion will come. How many say amen? amen? You are where you are because God placed you there for this season and for a reason. There's no gain in doing anything unhappily. You'll be miserable during this season and you alone will be standing in the way of God's promotion. God loves a cheerful giver. We say that all the time here when we give, right? Our offerings, our tithes. But he also loves a cheerful singer, a cheerful worker, a cheerful planter, a swimmer, a pooper scooper, whatever you are. God loves when you do everything 
with a cheerful heart. So what should we do? We should strive to be the best in all you do. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. How many say amen to that? Whatever you do, whether you like it or not, do it as if you're doing it for God. And trust me, if you are complaining of where you are and you feel uncomfortable and you don't like the place, try the strategy. Try it. You'll see that God's word works. Start being content where you are, even though you would like more or you would like to be in a different state or a different place. And start doing things with a grateful heart, like if you're doing it for God. Yeah? I mean, if you're frying cheeseburgers, man... Do it for God. Like if you're doing it, you're feeding God. Whatever you do, do it for God. And you start seeing how God starts opening the doors. In the 1880s, a young man who was an earnest Christian, he found employment in a pawn shop. And although he hated the work, he really disliked it. He did it faithfully like if he was doing it unto the Lord. Just like we read in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Until a more desirable opportunity opened up for him. To prepare himself for a life of Christian service, he wrote on a scrap of paper the following resolutions. I do promise God that I will rise early every morning to have a few minutes, not less than five, in private prayer. I will endeavor to conduct myself as a humble, meek, and zealous follower of Jesus. And by serious witness and warning, I will try to lead others to think of the needs of their immortal souls. I hereby vow to read no less than four chapters in God's word every day. I will cultivate a spirit of self-denial and will yield myself a prisoner of love to the redeemer of the world. That young man was William Booth, who later led thousands of people to Christ and founded the Salvation Army. He was working in a pawn shop. He didn't like that job. He hated it. He really disliked it. But he started saying, you know what, I'm going to do everything I do faithfully because I know that God has bigger things for me. And, you know, I, I trust that many of you guys have bigger dreams than where you are today. And if you don't connect with God because God has so many dreams, we talked about that. You can check it out. I don't have time to get into that, but you can check out the podcast of last week, Access Granted. God has granted you access to everything that he has given and written down since before the foundation of the world for you. But you need to access it. And once, once you trust and you know in your heart, you connect with God, God starts showing you that, man, you were meant for greater things. But that doesn't mean you should despise where you are right now. Be content. Man, maybe you don't have the car that you've always wanted to drive. Maybe you don't have enough money to buy the house that you've always wanted to have. But be content with what you have now because in your contentment, God starts working in your favor to get you to where he wants to take you. How many say Amen. Come on, touch two or three people around you and tell them, be content. Number three, we need to be content in what we have. Everybody say, content in what I have. I want to share with you a scripture that I really like. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Go with me if you have your Bibles. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. We're going to read all the way through 9. It says, now godliness... With contentment is great gain. And let's read this together, everybody. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. How many of you guys want great gain? Okay, how many of you guys want great loss? Nobody, right? 
So godliness, when we're living a life of godliness, we're connected to God, we're, we have the fear of God in us. We want to do everything that God says so that it could be well with us. But that connected with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, right? We all came naked. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. We're going to leave naked as well. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. How many ate food today before coming here? Raise your hand. Okay, and the rest of you guys? How many of you guys ate food today? Anything? Cheerios? Cereal? I mean, raise your hand. Okay, everybody ate today. Okay, I see all of you guys clothed. You all have clothing. The Bible says, if you got those two things, be content. Be content. Now, doesn't mean that God doesn't want to give you more. God is an abundant God. How many say Amen. But, you know, sometimes we become so anxious and we fail to enjoy life. We fail to enjoy relationships because we're so focused in the things that we want, the additional things. I want to add on to my clothing. I want to add on to this. I don't want to eat this. I want to eat that. And, and we're just so anxious to get to a bigger place that we stop to appreciate all the things that we do have. So that's what the apostle is saying. Having food and clothing with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and the snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Now today we had an amazing message in the Spanish services here in the 11 o'clock. Apostle brought an amazing word. I wasn't here for the 9 o'clock service because I was in the retreat, the couples retreat. But in the 11th service, man, check out the podcast in our Spanish services. It was amazing. He spoke about how God truly wants to bless us. And it's not saying that you can't be rich. God wants you to be blessed. How many say amen to that? But he's saying make sure that you don't lose focus and that you don't become anxious and stop being content with where you are today in an attempt to be rich. Some people get really obsessed Money becomes their God. And that's what God is warning us there. He says, you know what? I give the power to make wealth. That's what the Bible says. God gives us the power to be wealth. The thing about when God makes you wealthy, he doesn't add sorrow to it. He makes you wealthy and he blesses you, but you have joy and you have content. So God is saying, look, be careful that you're not so content with what you have and you're so anxious. God gives us wisely as much as we can handle. Anymore and we go crazy. God used David with just five rocks and a sling. Not the most popular weapon, perhaps, right? But David used it, and he made history with that. If we have the most common and daily things, we should be content and happy. If you have food on your table, if you have a roof over your head, if you have all your limbs, man, be grateful. Stop complaining and stop saying, I can't be happy until I get to this place. Be happy. Be content. God's been good. And if he's been faithful to you today, he'll be faithful to you tomorrow. How many say amen to that? How many believe that if God has been faithful to you up to this point, he's going to continue being faithful? Come on. Look what happened to this guy. This is a true story. Russell Conwell, he told of an ancient Persian called Ali Hafed who owned a very large farm that had orchards, grain fields, and gardens. Ali was wealthy, and he was a content man. One day, Ali entertained a guest who told him all about diamonds, 
and how wealthy he would be if he owned a diamond mine. Ali Hafed went to bed that night a poor man. Poor because he was discontented. Craving a mine of diamonds, he sold his farm to search for the rare stones. He traveled the world over, finally becoming so poor, broken, and defeated that he committed suicide. One day, the man who purchased Ali Hafed's farm led his camel into the garden to drink. As his camel put his nose into the brook, the man saw a flash of light from the sands of the stream. He pulled out a stone that reflected all the hues of the rainbow. The man had discovered the mine of Golconda, that if you know a little bit about diamonds, some of the rarest and most incredible diamonds come from this mine. The most magnificent diamond mine in all history. Had Ali Hafed remained at home and dug in his own garden, he would have had acres of diamonds instead of experiencing death in a strange land. You see, the more we want from a human perspective, the less we have sometimes. Everybody say this. Pure contentment starts in the heart. It's an issue of the heart. Wherever you are and whatever you do, it has nothing to do with external things. And I want to finish off, if Juan could help me on the piece. I want to finish off using an example, a biblical example. We've already talked a little bit about him, and it's the life of David. David was somebody that he learned how to be content no matter what situation he was in. David would wake up with joy every single day, despite the fact that he had to take care of smelly sheep. Back then, pastoring or shepherding the sheep was like a job for the lowliest of the family. And if you guys read the story, you know that David's father and mother they lived in a house with many brothers. David was the smallest, and David was also a son of another woman. So he was kind of like the outcast. So everybody was in the home. That's why when you read of Samuel, when he came to anoint the next king of Israel, you know that David was out taking care of the sheep because all the other brothers were there except David. He was the outcast. But every day he would wake up with joy, and even though he had the lowliest of jobs, he would do it with gratefulness, and he would do it with all his heart. He was faithful in doing that. That job was assigned to him by God. I know it was his father's sheep, and I know he was doing something that his family had told him to do, but God was in the midst of that. You know, sometimes we think that God is somewhere else and that he's not aware of where we are now. And we don't realize that where we are now, God himself has placed us there. And it's in God's heart. There's a reason for where we are. God's will is going to call you to certain places where you will not have status or class because in that place is where he is shaping you to go to other levels. You see, that was David's playing ground, his trial ground. God was preparing David with those sheep because one day he wasn't going to have just a few sheep. He was going to be accountable for millions of people as king of Israel. But he would have never been accountable and been king over millions of people if he wasn't faithful in the little with the sheep he will get up and do his job with the utmost respect with joy who would have known that with being content and faithful with smelly sheep as his followers that one day david will become king of millions of followers so how do you know pastor that david was content in what he did well not only did he protect the sheep, but he also began to love what he did. And you could see his love for what he did when he would fight off the bear and when he would fight off the lion. Every time the lion tried to come and get one of his sheep, 
he didn't take off running and said, you know, my life is in danger. I'm out of here. The Bible says that he would go in with his bare hands. He would take the sheep from the lion's mouth. Go ahead and try that. Go ahead. Go into a safari in Africa and try to do that. Try to take a piece of meat. I, just try to take a piece of meat from a dog's mouth, let alone a lion. But David did that. He had passion. He knew that God had put him there. And he was in training because even though that wasn't the best of jobs and he probably got home stinky, smelling like sheep, he knew that he was being processed for something in the future. And I'm here to tell you, maybe you don't like the season that you're in. I want to encourage you, number one, to connect with God. Because as you connect with God, God's going to show you the purpose of why you're there. There's a reason to all that. There's a reason to the fact that you're probably uncomfortable where you are right now, but God's testing you and God's preparing you for something great as he did with David. When you are content with what you are doing, God promotes you to higher levels. Now, David was also content with what he had. David didn't need an army of people to come fight with him against Goliath. He didn't need a sword that was heavier than him. David didn't need to be nine feet tall or even to be a king to win the battle. In fact, all he needed was a slingshot and faith. When you are content with what God has given you, whether it is big or whether it's small, God's power takes it and makes it a powerful tool for defeating any adversary. I want you to turn around and look at two or three people around you and tell them, you got everything you need. Come on, help me preach to them. Tell them, you got everything you need. Contentment. Chasing after things. If I have this, I'll be happier. Let me tell you, you have everything you need. And that situation that you're complaining about, that same situation where you feel stuck and you feel uncomfortable and you're like, God, when is God going to do something about this person or about this thing? It's what God is using to be able to take you to the next level. You guys got food? Did you eat today? You have clothes to put on your back? Be content. And everything you do, give glory to God. Knowing that I may have needs today. I may be in jail, like Paul and Silas. I may be bloodied. I may have been beaten. I may have been whipped. I'm in pain. I'm uncomfortable. I'm far away, separated from my family in an unknown place of the world. I don't even know these people. But you know what? I don't know why I got here or why you allowed this, but I know I'm in God's will. And if I am in God's will and if I know that God is aware of where I am today, I trust that God has a higher purpose for this. And I want you to believe this. I want you to, today I believe that God is speaking to your heart. For those that have been complaining or have been anxious to get somewhere where you haven't been yet, to a level where you haven't gotten yet, God says, trust me, trust me, you're being processed. You're on your way, but there's a reason why you're not there yet. And in order to get to the place where I want to take you, I need you to be able to be content where you are today. Think about it. You guys remember the people of Israel? The people of Israel? They were in the wilderness. They weren't content where they were. They needed to get to the desert and cross it to get to the promised land. They didn't understand that the desert was part of the process to get them to the other side. And they weren't content. What was their outcome? They died in the desert. You see, if you're not content where you are today, you can end up dying where you are today. 
and never get to the land that God already planned for you since before the foundation of the earth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to, like I said last week, I don't want to get to heaven and see my warehouse full of all the promises that I could have used here on earth. I want to fulfill my calling. But to do that, I have to add to godliness contentment. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Godliness and contentment. I connect with God. I trust God. And I'm content where I am today. Knowing that if I'm content and faithful where God put me, God's going to promote me. Stand on your feet, JTP Church.
Spirit of the Lord. 